so the final section that we were discussing in the last lecture was regarding the decree how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his knowledge encompasses everything and how all of that decree is written down in the preserved tablet and how all of that occurs by the will of Allah for indeed if Allah does not will something to occur then it will not occur and whatever Allah wills to occur then it occurs al-irada al-kawniyyah and that all of this it occurs by the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that was regarding the decree the section where the Imam Al-Imam Al-Barbahari had mentioned وَالْإِمَانُ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى قَدْ عَلِمَ مَا كَانَ مِنْ أَوَّلِ الدَّهْرِ وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ وَمَا هُوَ كَائِنٌ أَحْصَاهُ وَعَدَّهُ عَدَّا وَمَنْ قَالَ إِنَّهُ لَا يَعْلَمُ مَا كَانَ وَمَا هُوَ كَائِنٌ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ That was the previous section to have faith that Allah knew what would be from the start of time and whatever would not be. And that he fully enumerated and comprehended everything that was to be. Anyone who says that Allah did not know that which was or will be in existence has disbelieved in Allah the most sublime. So that is regarding the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that then, Moving on to the next section after having mentioned briefly those four parts of the decree is the section where the author then says وَلَا نِكَاحَ إِلَّا بِوَلِيٍّ وَشَاهِدَيْ عَدْلٍ وَصِدَاقٍ قَلَّ أَوْ كَثُرًا وَمَنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهَا وَلِيٍّ فَالسُلْطَانُ وَلِيُّ مَنْ لَا وَلِيَّ لَهِ in this section now he talks about a different topic and he says that there is no marriage no marriage can happen except with a guardian a wali and two just witnesses and a dowry the sadaq or the mahr whether it is a small amount or a large amount that dowry the mahr can be a small amount or a large amount as for a woman without a guardian then the ruler is the guardian of the one who does not have a guardian. The ruler, the one in authority, is the guardian, the wali of the one who does not have a guardian. This particular issue, as Shaykh Rabia says, هذه المسألة تعد من مسائل الفروع الفقهية لا من العقائد فلماذا ذكرها المؤلف في هذا الكتاب الذي يعد من كتب العقائد الشيخ ربيع حفظه الله تعالى says that this particular issue regarding marriage and how you need to have witnesses and how the wali is required that is not a topic of عقيده it is a topic from the branches of fiqh so why did the author mention such a topic in this book, which is a book of Aqeedah, essentially. 
الجواب أن المؤلف ذكرها في هذا الكتاب The answer is that the author mentioned this topic in this book The author mentioned this topic in this book لأنها من كبريات المسائل التي الخلاف فيها يصادم النصوص Because it is from those major issues where there are differences that strike against the texts. There are differences that exist within this issue. لِأَنَّ عُلَمَاءَ الْعَقَائِدِ لَا يَذْكُرُونَ مِنْ مَسَائِلِ الْفُرُوعِ فِي كُتُبِ الْعَقَائِدِ إِلَّا الْمَسَائِلِ الْكَبِيرَةِ الَّتِي يَشْتَدُّ فِيهَا الْخِلَافِ so the scholars, they won't normally mention any topics of fiqh in books of aqidah unless those topics of fiqh are major topics where there are serious issues involved within them in terms of the differences of the scholars and the opinions and the evidences when there are major issues of that nature and the people of deviation, they strayed in them then the scholars mention those types of issues in the books of Aqidah also, just as we previously covered the topic of wiping over the socks. Wiping over the socks, that was a topic that was mentioned in this book, and that is also from the topics of fiqh. However, it is mentioned in the books of Aqidah due to the seriousness of that issue and how the people of innovation and desires, they opposed with regards to that issue so if there are major issues of fiqh with serious uh, affairs involved within them in terms of the differences etc then they are mentioned in the books of aqidah so the wiping over the socks topic masalatul mashi ala al-khuffain khalafa fiha al-rawafid fal-quwwatul khilaf fiha fal-quwwatul khilaf fiha the rawafid the shia rafida they opposed Ahl-Sunnah with regards to the topic of wiping over the socks. So as a consequence, there was a big issue there. That was a big issue regarding the Rawafid opposing Ahl-Sunnah in this. So the authors mentioned that topic in the books of Aqidah as a refutation of the Rawafid and as a clarification of the correct position. وَإِنَّهَا تَبْلُغُ مَبْلَغَ الْأُصُولِ لِضُخَامَتِهَا وَعَظَمَتِهَا يَجْعَلُونَهَا فِي الْعَقَائِدِ فَيُفْرَقُ بَيْنَ الْمُتْبِعَ الصَّادِقُ وَبَيْنَ الْمُخَالِفِ لِحَدِيثِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ سَلَّمْ So in those types of issues, it is as if they get to the level of being issues of principle. Those types of fiqh issues, it is as if they get to the level of being issues of principle due to their significance, due to their significance and their greatness in terms of the issue within them and the opposers against those issues. So the scholars make them into the books of Aqidah to see who will be a genuine and sincere follower of the truth and who will follow upon opposition to the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَمَسْأَلَةُ الْمَسْحِ عَلَى الْخُفَّيْنِ مُتَوَاتِرَةِ وَمَعَ ذَلِكَ يُكَابِرُ فِيهَا الرَّوَافِضِ so the issue of wiping over the socks, that is something which is mutawatir. Multiple narrators have mentioned about wiping over the socks. Multiple chains, multiple ahadith, where despite that, still 
the rawafid, they are arrogant and they refuse to accept. So this shows their reality. By mentioning that issue of fiqh, it highlights and it brings out the reality of the rawafid, showing how they reject the ahadith of the Prophet And similarly, this issue too, this issue of marriage, marriage without a wali, marriage without witnesses, then that is the topic here. La nikaha illa biwaliyin wa shahidai adlin. There is no marriage except with a guardian and with two just witnesses. Hadihi min al masail allati yukhalifu fiha ahlul ra'i. This is from the types of issues where the people of opinions, the people who use their own logic, they oppose the texts and the evidences in this topic. So they say, it's not a condition that there has to be a wali. They say, it's not a condition that there has to be a wali for the woman, that there has to be a guardian for the woman. And it's not a condition that there have to be witnesses. So they don't make it a condition for there to be a wali or for there to be witnesses. So for these types of people who use their logic, they say you don't need to have witnesses. If somebody wants to get married, two people want to get married, they don't need to have witnesses there. The woman doesn't need to have a guardian there. So they refuse to accept those rulings, which are clear rulings. And that is, for example, in the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ, In the hadith, which is mentioned by a Tirmidhi and Abu Dawood and others, it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said, whichever woman, whoever woman, whichever woman gets married without the permission of her guardian, then her marriage contract, this marriage, it is false, it is false, it is incorrect. And the Prophet said, the leader, the person in authority, he is the wali of a woman who doesn't have a wali. So you don't just go get married without a wali. فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ وَلِي فَإِنْ وُجِدَ وَلِي كُفٌ so if a guardian, suitable guardian is found, then the marriage contract can be made for her. وَإِذَا لَمْ يُوجَدْ تَنْتَقِلْ إِلَى الْأَقْرَبِ فَالْأَقْرَبِ مِنْ عَصْبَتِهَا And if you cannot find a suitable guardian, a wali for her, then you move through her relatives the next closest to the next closest to find somebody who can be the wali for her. فَإِن لَمْ يُوجَدْ أَحَدٌ مِنْ عَصَبَتِهَا أَنْتُقَلَتْ وِلَايَتُهَا إِلَى السُلْطَانِ And if there is nobody from her uh, next of kin, there is nobody from her next of kin who can be the wali for her, there is no one at all, then the wilayah, the guardianship, it transfers over to the person in authority, or the person who is the substitute or uh, in authority by order of the overall leader. 
ولا تعقد امرأة على نفسها وعلى ولا على غيرها لأن هذا من شؤون الرجال ومن خصوصيات الرجال فالمرأة أكرمها الله So a woman cannot make her own marriage contract or for anyone else This is from the specific affairs designated to the men This guardianship, this wilaya that is designated to the men the woman Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored her Allah has honored the woman لأن هذا يخل بالمرؤة ويقدح في مشاعر أقربائها إلى آخره فلا يصح النكاء إلا بولي وشاهدي عدل ولي قريب لها أبوها أو أخوها أو ابنها أو ابن عمها أو من عصبتها تنتقل إليهم الأقرب فالأقرب فإن لم تجد فالسلطان أو نائبه so this would be from the affairs that detracts it detracts from the manhood or the manliness or the honor the honor of uh, male relatives so they are the ones who have been given that uh, responsibility of the wilaya of the guardianship so for example her father or her brother or her son or her uncle's son her nephew or somebody from the next of kin of that nature and if nobody can be found at all who can be her wali then it goes to the sultan the person in authority or the one who is responsible under that person of authority similarly it requires witnesses it requires trustworthy just witnesses and it requires a dowry a mahar, a mahar, a dowry, the sadaq, لِأَنَّهُ لَا يَجُوزُ لِلْمَرْأَةِ أَنْ تَهَبَ نَفْسَهَا لِلزَّوْجِ بِدُونِ صَدَاقِ لَا بُدَّ مِنَ الصَّدَاقِ وَلَوْ خَاتَمٌ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ لَا بُدَّ مِنَ الصَّدَاقِ It is not permissible for a woman to marry herself or to get married without any mahar. There has to be some sadaq, there has to be some dowry, even if it is something very small, a small ring, whatever it may be. Anything as long as there is something for that mahar. And this is mentioned in the hadith of Sahal ibn Sa'ad. Kunna inda nabiyy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam julusan. He says we were with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sitting down. Faja'athum ra'atun ta'aridu nafsaha alayhi. A woman came to present herself to him for marriage. A woman came to put herself forward to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for marriage. فَخَفَضَ فِيهَا النَّظَرُ وَرَفَعَهُ فَلَمْ يَرُدَّهَا فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِنْ أَصْحَابِهِ زَوِّجْنِيهَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ So the Prophet looked up and he looked down and he did not reply to her but then a man from the companions of the Prophet said Marry me to her, O Messenger of Allah Marry me to her, O Messenger of Allah قَالْ أَعِنْدَكَ مِنْ شَيْءٍ So the Prophet said to him Do you have anything? Meaning the dowry. Can you give anything to her for the dowry? He said, I don't have anything. The Prophet said, not even a ring from metal. Not even a metal ring, any small ring or something you can give her. He said, not even a ring from metal. ولكن أشق وردتي هذه فأعطيها النصف he said, however, what I can do is, this garment of mine, this type of garment that they used to wear, the burda, 
He said, I will make it into two halves. I'll cut it into two halves and I'll give her half of this and I'll keep half. But the Prophet ﷺ said, لا. He said, no, don't do that. هل معك من القرآن شيء? He said, do you know any Quran? Do you know any Quran? Have you memorized any Quran? So the man said, نعم, yes. So then the Prophet ﷺ said to him, اذهب فقد زوجتكها بما معك من القرآن. He said, okay, go. Because I have married you to her, you can marry her, and the dowry can be the Quran, that you teach her the Quran. Teach her some Quran, educate her the Quran, and that is the dowry that you must give to her. مِنْ خَوَاصِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم لَا يَجُوزُ لِمْرَأَةٍ تَهَبَ نَفْسَهَا وَلَا يَجُوزُ هَذَا إِلَّا لِشَخْصِ الرَّسُولِ, للرسول لِشَخْصِ الرَّسُولِ الْكَرِيمِ صلى الله عليه وسلم and it is not permissible for a woman to simply present herself for marriage without any dowry. That was from the specifics of the Prophet ﷺ. And it cannot be done to anyone besides the Prophet ﷺ. So it requires a dowry. No doubt there must be a dowry. فَلَا بُدَّ مِنَ الصَّدَاقِ لَا بُدَّ مِنَ الْوَلِي لَا بُدَّ مِنَ الشُهُودِ so there must be a dowry, there must be a guardian, there must be witnesses. لا بد أن تكون عقود المؤمنين معلنة مشهورة معروفة. So the contracts of the believers must be known. They must be apparent and known that she must have a guardian and there must be witnesses and there must be a dowry. ولها فرح أباحه الشرع أباح فيه بعض الأشياء المحظورة. And it's permissible that the woman then has a celebration. You have the celebration, the wedding celebration, uh, a feast or something of that nature. And it is permissible for them to do certain things which would normally be impermissible. For example, the duff that they are allowed to play. And all of that is as a means of advertising and announcing this legislative nikah that this marriage has occurred فحفه الشارع بهذه الأمور وبهذه الشروط لهمية هذا النكاح so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has encompassed or attached to this marriage all of these different affairs to make it something important to highlight the importance of it وبهذا يفرق بين النكاح والصفاح يُفْرَقُ بَيْنَمَا إِذَا كَانَ هَذَا الزَّوْجِ أَوْزَانٍ بِهَا لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَعْلَمَ النَّاسُ وَأَنْ يُشَعْ هَذَا وَأَنْ يَعْرِفَ أَنَّ هَذَا الزَّوَاجِ شَرْعِي وَأَنَّ هَذِهِ زَوْجَ فُلَانَ هَكَذَا So that's why this is how you distinguish between somebody legitimately married and somebody performing adultery or fornication. When you announce the marriage and you make it open and there's a celebration and people are invited and it becomes known to everybody. That such and such has married such and such and it becomes recognized. As for somebody going and secretly coming back and saying we got married, how do you know? Secretly, nobody knows anything, nobody, no witnesses, no guardian. And that isn't the correct way in the Sharia. Uh, then on top of that, with regards to the dowry, then it is legislated to make the dowry something small. To make it light, not to make the dowry something large or to make it huge. Uh, it's mentioned in the hadith, even if it was just a ring out of metal. 
And the sunnah with regards to the dowry is that it is not made plentiful. وَقَدْ اسْتَنْكَرَ النَّبِيُّ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنْ قَالَ إِنَّهُ تَزَوَّجَ عَلَى أَرْبَعِ أَوَاقِ فَقَالْ عَلَى أَرْبَعِ أَوَاقِ كَأَنَّمَا تَنْحَتُونَ الْفَضَّ مِنْ عَرْضَ هَذَا الْجَبَلِ And the Prophet ﷺ, he rejected, he rejected and he rebuked somebody who gave four amounts of silver, four amounts of silver, as a dowry. That's a large amount. Four portions of silver. So the Prophet ﷺ said, four portions of silver. It's as if you are taking this silver out of the side of the mountain. Like the side of the mountain is all made out of silver. This much silver you're giving for the, for the dowry. So that was indicating that this is not correct to give such large, large amounts of wealth and money for the dowry. وَغَضِبَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ وَرَغَّبَ فِي تَقْلِيلِ الصَّدَقِ And the Prophet ﷺ became angry with that and he encouraged that the dowry should be something light, something small, not something magnificent like that. وَعُمْرَ بْنِ الْخَطَّابِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كَانَ يَرَغِّبُ فِي هَذَا And Umar ibn al-Khattab رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ used to encourage the people to make it a small dowry too. He said, "Ala la tughalu sadaqat al-nisa, fa innaha law kanat mukrama, fa fi al-dunya aw taqwa 'inda Allah, la kana awlakum bi Nabi sallallahu alaihi He said, "Do not exaggerate with regards to the dowry for the women. Do not exaggerate with regards to this dowry for the women, because if it was something noble in this world or it was a sign of your taqwa to Allah, then the Prophet ﷺ would have been the first of those to perform it. So do not go into exaggeration with regards to this. So then he mentions about a certain amount that the Prophet ﷺ never got married, neither did he marry off any of his daughters for more than this particular amount. And so that indicated that the dowry should be something small, not large amounts of money and huge amounts of gold. It does not be a big dowry, rather it is a small, light dowry that can be achieved by the people. Then after that he goes on to say, وَإِذَا طَلَّقَ الرَّجُلُ امْرَأَتَهُ ثَلَاثًا فَقَدْ حَرَمَتْ عَلَيْهِ if a man divorces his wife three times, she is forbidden to him. She is not permissible for him unless she marries another man. If a man divorces his woman, his wife three times, then she is impermissible for him. He can't go back to her then, she can't come back to him then until she marries somebody else. If she goes and has another marriage and that doesn't work, then afterwards he can marry her again, but not before that. So with regards to divorce, this is something which is established and proven in the Quran and the Sunnah. In the Quran there are many ayat where Allah mentions the talaq, the divorce, in Surah Al-Baqarah, At-Talaqu marratan fa-imsakum bim'arufin wa tasrihun bi-ihsan. So there are ayat in the Quran that mention the talaq, the divorce. Wa-talaqu shari'i al-ladhi aradahu Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala wa bayyanahu fi hadha al-Quran huwa. 
and the legislative divorce which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran it is أَن لَا يُطَلِّقَهَا ثَلَاثًا فِي مَجْلِسٍ وَاحِدٍ وَإِنَّمَا عَلَى فَتَرَاتٍ that the person, the man should not divorce his wife three times in the same time. He should not do the three divorces all in one go. To utter and to pronounce the three statements of divorce all in one sitting. Rather, it is done at different times. Once and then twice and then three times at different times. Because this is a very powerful bond. Between the man and the wife, the marriage. So it is not something that you should so hastily cut off. It is not something you so hastily cut off. This very strong bond of marriage between the man and the wife. So it is not done in this very hasty manner because there are very great consequences and repercussions to that. يؤدي إلى تشتيت الأولاد this breakup of marriage, it leads to the children being dislocated, meaning that they are not settled in one place. Some of them end up here, some of them end up there. They are all spread out and they are all, all over the place. And families are all broken up and they are here and they are there. And many problems can arise when marriages break down. That's why a person needs to be careful and slow and think when this topic arises or these issues arise, when the problems arise in marriage, to be very slow and patient and think about those affairs. And the origin is, the default is that you shouldn't be divorcing. The default is that you do not divorce. The default is if you are married, then you remain upon your marriage so if a person he demonstrates that patience and he ponders and he thinks and he takes the affairs very carefully and slowly and he takes admonition and he advises with goodness but if nothing occurs within the marriage of any improvement and he is forced or he is in a position where he sees no other choice than to do the one divorce. To do the opening one divorce. Then after that first initial divorce, then there is the time period, the idda. The, the, the there is the time period that they remain. Within this particular time period, after it or during it, it is still permissible for them to come back to each other. So maybe the husband will take her back. After a while, when they separate like this or this period starts, they think about things and they focus and they concentrate and they realize and maybe the husband takes her back or maybe the wife wants to come back and they agree and they change their ways, it could occur. So they may change their ways and they may live upon the mannerisms taught by the Quran and the Sunnah within marriage. And 
كل هذا لتفادي الطلاق بالثلاث دفعة واحدة هذا هو الطلاق شرعي ثم بعد هذه الثلاث التطليقات لا تحل له حتى تنكح زوجا غيره إن طلقها يعني بعد اثنتين فلا تحل له حتى تنكح زوجا غيره So then after that first initial divorce if nothing changes after the time period and things are as they are then you can give the second divorce and again they see what will occur and if nothing occurs to change then he gives her the third and final divorce and now there is that separation after the third and final divorce now that they cannot come back again now now the only way they could come back again is if the woman goes and marries again and it doesn't work out and she gets divorced then this man and that woman could come back together again but before that then it is not possible and that's mentioned in the Quran فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا فَلَا تَحِلُّ لَهُ مِن بَعْدُ حَتَّى تَنْكِحَ زَوْجًا غَيْرَهُ that if he divorces her then she is not permissible for him until uh, she marries someone else first حَتَّى تَنْكِحَ زَوْجًا غَيْرَهُ فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا then if he divorces her فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِمَا أَنْ يَتَرَاجَعَا إِنْ ظَنَّا أَنْ يُقِيمَا حُدُودَ اللَّهِ then there is no harm for them to return to each other after her other marriage fails if it fails because then uh, if they think they can uphold the laws of Allah. In this situation though, if there is a final divorce, it's a divorce, a final divorce, the three divorces have been stated and they are separated, it is not permissible for any trickery or deception to be used. Some people they may say, now we know the ruling that we cannot get back together, but maybe after a while they want to get back together. But they cannot get back together until she gets married again. So what they may do is they agree. They agree with a person. Marry this woman. The man agrees with another man. Marry this woman. The man and the woman, they both agree. That this other man will marry her. And then he will divorce her. So that they can come together again. This one, they call him a al Musta'ar. This person who comes, this person who comes to marry the woman just for a short temporary time so that when they get divorced, the original man can come back and marry her. This is not permissible. This is a type of deception. This is not correct. In fact, some of the scholars, they mention that sometimes this happened, that the couple or the divorced couple they agree for a third party, a different man to come and marry the woman and then to divorce her so the first man can marry her again. But when the second man comes to marry the woman, then they become happy and they go. They become happy and they go. So the first person, miskin, he doesn't get back to marry the woman again. So anyway, this is not possible. This is not something which is permissible to do. Uh, and that is something that the scholars, they mention in the books of fiqh. So that is briefly something regarding marriage. Uh, that he mentions there. After that, وَلَا يَحِلُّ دَمُّ مُرِئٍ مُسْلِمٍ يَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَيَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ إِلَّا بِإِحْدَى ثَلَاثٍ زَانٍ بَعْدَ إِحْصَانٍ أَوْ مُرْتَدٍ بَعْدَ إِيمَانٍ أَوْ قَتْلِ نَفْسِهَا مُؤْمِنَةً بِغَيْرِ حَقٍّ فَيُقْتَ he says here now the blood of a Muslim who bears witness he testifies that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is his slave and messenger 
may not be spilt. You may not kill that Muslim, except in three cases, fornication after having been married, apostasy after faith, or the one who kills a believer without right, and so is executed for it. Apart from that, then the Muslim's blood is unlawful forever until the last hour is established. These instances now tell you about the permissibility of when death may be sentenced upon a believer, and that is by the ruler. These instances are not for the vigilante common folk to engage in. Islam is a religion of organization. These rulers, the rulers are the ones who implement these rulings. The leader of the country, the authorities, not the vigilante people on the streets. So here it says that the blood of a Muslim is protected, the one who testifies to La ilaha illallah, the one who testifies to Tawheed, except with one of three examples. One of them is Zanin Ba'da Ihsan, a person who fornicates after marriage. A person who fornicates after marriage. Just like the hadith it mentions. So, that is a person who is married. He has been married and then he commits adultery. He has been married and then he commits adultery. That is a person who kills another. Without right, so that person is then killed. The death penalty, which exists in various parts of the world, in various states, in various areas, they still implement the death penalty for certain punishments. So in Islam, similarly, this death penalty, it occurs for the crime of murder. And the one who leaves his religion and separates from the jama'ah, i.e. the one who is a murtad, the one who apostates, then that again is mentioned as one of the exceptions. But this is, as we said, down to the ruler, down to the Muslim ruler, who carries out these affairs. These types of activities cannot be carried out by any individual lesser than the status of the ruler or those people in authority. It is not for the Muslims to go and to kill anyone. It is not for the Muslims on the streets to go and do any vigilante attacks. That is haram. That is the way of the khawarij. That is the way of those people influenced by the takfiris. We do not behave or act in this way. Then after that, the next section. وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ مِمَّا أَوْجَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْفَنَاءِ إِلَّا الْجَنَّ وَالنَّارِ وَالْعَرْشِ وَالْكُرْسِي وَالصُّورِ وَالْقَلَمِ وَاللُّوحِ لَيْسَ يَفْنَى شَيْءٌ مِنْ هَذَا أَبَدًا ثُمَّ يَبْعَثُ اللَّهُ الْخَلْقَ عَلَى مَا أَمَاتَهُمْ عَلَيْهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَيُحَاسِبُهُمْ بِمَا شَاءَ فَرِيقٌ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَفَرِيقٌ فِي السَّعِيرِ وَيَقُولُ لِسَائِرِ الْخَلْقِ مِمَّنْ لَمْ يُخْلَقْ لِلْبَقَاءِ then the author says, Everything which Allah has decreed will come to an end, will indeed come to an end. Everything which Allah has decreed will come to an end and finish, then all of that will come to an end and finish. Except, except paradise and the hellfire, 
They will never come to a finish. They will not come to an end. They will carry on. Nor the throne of Allah, the Arsh. That will not be finished off. That will not be uh, 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 finished or come to an end. That will continue to be the kursi, the footstool. The footstool of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Arsh and the footstool. That will also continue. The pen, the qalam. The horn, the trumpet that will be blown on the Day of Judgment. And the Lawh al-Mahfuz, the preserved tablet. None of those will ever perish. None of those items will ever perish. Then Allah will raise up the creation on the Day of Resurrection in the state in which He caused them to die. He will take account of them as He pleases. A group will end up in paradise and a group will end up burning in the fire. And he will say to the rest of creation who were not created to last forever, be dust. Here, a Sheikh Rabi' says regarding this section: "Su'ila Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah an hadith Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu anil Nabi sallam anhu qal: "Sabatun la tamut wa la tafna wa la tadhuq alfana al nar wa sukkanuha wal lauh wal qalam wal kursi wal arsh." فهل هذا الحديث صحيح أم لا؟ شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية was asked about the hadith of Anas ibn Malik رضي الله عنه that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said seven things will not die and they will not perish and they will not taste perishment the hellfire and the people of it the preserved tablet the pen the footstool and the throne. Is this particular hadith authentic or not? So Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, هَذَا الْخَبَرُ بِهَذَا اللَّفْظِ لَيْسَ مِنْ كَلَامِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ مِنْ كَلَامِ بَعْضِ الْعُلَمَةِ Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, this hadith with that wording is not from the speech of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. Rather that is from the speech of some of the scholars. وَقَدْ اتَّفَقَ صَلَفُ الْأُمَّةِ وَأَئِمَّتُهَا وَسَائِرُ أَهْلِ السُّنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مِنَ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ مَا لَا يَعْدَمْ وَلَا يَفْنَى بِالْكُلِّيَّةِ And the Salaf, and the great scholars, and the remainder of Ahl al-Sunnah, they are agreed upon the fact that there are certain things in creation that do not perish. There are certain things in creation that do not come to an end. They are never destroyed. They carry on. For example, Kal Jannah, the paradise, Wal Nar, the hellfire, Wal Arsh, and the throne of Allah, and other than that. Walam Yakul Bifana Ijamil Makhlukat, Illa Ta'ifa min Ahlil Kalam al Mubtadirina Kal Jahm ibn Safwan, Woman Wafakahu, Min al Mu'tazila wa Nahuihim. And there is nobody who said that everything in creation will come to an end. There is nobody who said that except some of the people of innovation like Jaham ibn Safwan and those who followed him and agreed with him like the Mu'tazila in the affair. وَهَذَا قَوْلٌ بَاطِلٌ يُخَالِفُ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّةَ رَسُولِهِ وَإِجْمَاعَ سَلَفِ الْأُمَّةِ وَإِمَّتِهَا and this statement of theirs that everything will come to an end, it is a statement that opposes the Qur'an and the Sunnah. 
It is a statement that opposes the consensus of the Salaf and the A'imma. كَمَا فِي ذَلِكَ مِنَ الدَّلَالَ عَلَى بَقَاءِ الْجَنَّةِ وَأَهْلِهَا وَبَقَاءِ غَيْرِ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا لَا تَتَّسِعُ هَذِي الْوَرَقَ لِذِكْرِهِ وَقَدْ اِسْتَدَلَّ طَوَائِفُ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكَلَامُ وَالْمُتَفَلْسِفَ أَعْلَمْ تِنَاعِ فَنَائِ جَمِيعِ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ بِأَدِلَّ عَقْلِيَّةِ وَاللَّهُ عَالَمْ And then Shaykh Rissam ibn Taymiyyah goes on to say that there is evidence, there is evidence which clearly indicates, evidence that indicates that the hellfire, the paradise, they will remain, they will remain. But he says now there is not sufficient time to mention all of that. There is not sufficient space here to mention all of that. But there are evidences to clearly indicate that there are certain affairs that will remain and they will not be destroyed. And some of the people of uh, philosophy and speech, uh, they used uh, other evidences, intellectual evidences. Wallahu alam. وفي كلام شيخ الإسلام هذا أن هذا الحديث بهذا اللفظ ليس من كلام النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما هو من كلام بعض العلماء. So the statement of Sheikh Al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah here indicates that this particular hadith is not actually a hadith about those things that will not come to an end. It is not a hadith, but it is the statement of some of the scholars who have mentioned those affairs. قوله رحمه الله وقد اتفق سلف الأمة وأئمتها وصائر أهل السنة والجماعة على أن من المخلوقات ما لا يعدم ولا ينفى ولا يفنى بالكلية كالجنة والنار والعرش وغير ذلك. ولا نشك أن لهذا الاتفاق من أهل السنة والجماعة والأئمة أدلة من الكتاب والسنة. And the fact that these scholars have agreed that there are certain things that will not come to an end and they will not be destroyed. Like the throne of Allah, like the pen, like the preserved tablet, etc. The hellfire, the paradise. They are agreed by the scholars they will not be destroyed and come to an end. And they have evidences for that from the Quran and the Sunnah, from the evidences that are there. Especially hellfire and paradise. There are many, many evidences that indicate that the hellfire and the paradise will not be destroyed. They will not come to an end. And then after that, the Shaykh mentions a variety of evidences upon this affair indicating that the hellfire and the paradise, they will continue and they will not come to an end. And there are many evidences for that affair. The next part of this statement was, ثُمَّ يَبْعَثُ اللَّهُ الْخَلْقَ عَلَى مَا أَمَاتَهُمْ عَلَيْهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Then Allah will resurrect the people upon that which they were uh, died upon that which they died upon on the day of judgment and he will hold them accountable a group of them in paradise and a group of them in hellfire and then he will say to the remainder of those who were not created to remain become dust because the people they will be raised up on their final action what they sealed their affair with what their final action was. The person who dies upon disbelief in his final moments, then he will be raised up as a disbeliever. And a person who dies upon an evil intention, then he will be raised up upon that way. بأولهم وآخرهم فقالت عائشة كيف يا رسول الله وفيهم سوقتهم وفيهم المكره 
قال يخسف بأولهم وآخرهم ثم يعثون على نياتهم It is mentioned in the narration about the group of people who came to attack the Kaaba that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he destroyed them all upon the desert from the beginning and the last of them then Aisha radiallahu anha said how when amongst them there were people who were compelled and there were others who did not have the intention to harm the Muslims or to come and harm the Kaaba so Allah said uh, the Prophet sallallahu said that Allah has taken them all from the beginning to the end all of them but they will be raised up upon their intentions so the ones who were upon the good intention they will be raised up upon their good intention and they will not be held accountable for this affair but the others who were upon that evil intention they will be held accountable upon that evil intention so the one who dies as a kafir he will be resurrected as a kafir and the one who dies upon tawheed then he will be resurrected upon tawheed inshallah وَالَّذِي يَمُوتُ عَلَىٰ خَيْرٍ يُبْعَثُ عَلَيْهَا and whoever dies upon goodness he will be resurrected upon goodness then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds them all to accountability so the Muslims, the believers, they are held to a very light accountability. Their accountability is not an accountability that is detailed and difficult upon them. As for the disbelievers and the criminals, their accountability will be difficult and their accountability will be harsh and severe upon them where every detail is scrutinized and they are the ones who will be destroyed. So this is the iman in the resurrection and the accountability and the recompense on the day of judgment the next section which will begin with next time is regarding carrying on from this topic about the day of judgment about how the rights of the people will be given back to them on the day of judgment if you wrong somebody you oppress somebody then on the day of judgment how those rights will be returned to the people the rights and the judgments will be made between the people and the rights will be returned and from the weighing skills, etc. So inshallah ta'ala, that's what we'll begin with next week, uh, next Saturday, uh, approximately around about this time near Asr or after Asr. Uh, if you haven't given your phone numbers, you can give them to the brothers and they'll give you the text. Every week they send out a text for what time the lesson will be. So if you haven't registered, you can register your number with them. They'll send you out the text as well. For what time the lesson is otherwise you can look on the website or the twitter account as well so inshallah ta'ala will carry on next week